You are now listening to the Team OD Podcast, where conversations are centered around anything and everything outdoors related. Welcome to today's episode. What's up, everyone? It's Wednesday, and uh, we have a new guest with us. We're excited about this one. Um, this guy has a bright future, in my opinion, in our industry, and we're hoping that we can watch him grow because uh, we've been following him pretty much almost from the beginning till now, and what he's done is crazy. So uh, with that being said, here's Drew with Bullpath Gear. Drew, how are you? I'm doing good, man. And uh, first, I do want to let you guys know that it's a it's an honor for you guys to have me on because it's this is pretty cool. This is actually like the first podcast for Bullpath, and hopefully, this is a uh, probably you know good history to look back on and uh, see how Absolutely. far you know I came. So yeah, thank you. No, no problem. Yeah. We love having you, and uh, so this is our episode six so uh we're just getting started here on the podcast ourselves. uh but uh i think it'd be neat from watching where we went or where we were to where we are because mm-hmm. i mean what drew you're probably in your 20s too i'm guessing yep 25 i just turned 25 so, yeah so gunner's a young one in the group and i'm the grandpa so i mean what will <laughs> you know five or six years this will be really neat to look back on so i really think we have something special in this industry going and uh anyways I can go on about that, but uh, all I got to say is there's not too many young faces in the game right now, and uh, the people that I know that are age, they have it going. So yeah. anyways, so uh, let's go ahead and get started. Let's dive in right to our first topic. Drew, tell us how you got started in the outdoors. Okay. Um, so I didn't, I didn't grow up in the outdoors. Uh, I would assume like how you guys grew up probably really young, you know, you guys been surrounded it probably by your entire life along with a lot, a lot of other hunters. But for me, it all started. um, I mean, I guess I was young. I never really got to hunt at all. Um, But growing up, my dad was a, uh, a prison guard for one of the state penitentiaries here in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. So any event that we would um, go to, like they would hold softball events for all the state prisons against like all the COs. And every time I was around any of my dad's friends, they would always be talking about hunting. And then eventually, you know, I'd go over to their house sometimes for events as well, like uh, UFC fights back in the day or whatever. And as soon as you walked into their house, you know, you see big bucks on the wall and everything. And that always kind of intrigued me growing up. So uh, as I turned, um, getting close to turning 16 here in the state of Ohio, you have to be um, 16 and have a, uh, the hunter safety education course you have to go through. So I did that. My dad put me through that when I was, you know, at that age. And um, ever since that moment, I got my hunter education. I, uh, he bought me a bow that year. And that's where it all, all happened. I found a public piece of land where I could hunt real close to my house. It's actually about 15 minutes from me. And uh, that's where I started hunting. So, no, uh, did you have to go to the actual class or did they have it online at that time? No, it was in person. It was a 12 yeah, hour. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was a 12 hour course. A lot of these kids now don't even know that there was a thing like that, but I remember we had a lunch break and yeah, it was 12 hours. That's all we 
we had to sit there. You got, I think, an yeah. hour for lunch, and then yep. So, so wait, they do, do they do all online? What now, now they do? What? Yeah, yeah and it, it's sad to say, uh, there's a lot of people that are, their parents are taking it for them because wow. where did you get? Where did you go, Taylor? I went to Pawnee uh, Auditorium. I was I went oh. so the day I went, my dad uh, took me over across from his office at, in Perry. Just at like, like I don't know, is it the courthouse over there or something like yeah. that? Yeah, that's where I went, and it was like a twelve-hour ordeal too. And at the end, yeah. they're like, "Oh, here, here's this big test." And yeah, they had yep. they had everyone else grade it. Like you passed, you know, you how you did in like elementary school or whatever. You you passed your test back out, but every like other kids grade your test. Yep, that's so what happened. Like, to mine. Yep. Yeah, you're looking around. You're like, "All right, oh, these dude. dudes better be grading my test, right?" <laughs> dude, I was so nervous because uh, we actually had to turn our uh, tests in, and they were the couple, the um, the people that organized this whole ordeal. They they were the ones that were grading the tests, and I remember I was just sitting in my chair for like ten minutes, and I was just so nervous because I thought I failed. But they called me up. <laughs> And they handed me my test and I got like a 90% and I was so happy. Yeah. So, uh, justice has got hers, my girlfriend. And uh, I was about two years ago and she's like, do I have to go to a class? And I was like, no, it's online. And she's like, well, I don't know much about the outdoors. And I'm like, <laughs> on you, if they make it so simple these days. Yeah. yeah. I know plenty of people that probably shouldn't, probably shouldn't let this dude online that are out there hunting, but Hey, yeah. yeah. And it was a good really? experience too. Cause we actually got to see, um, they got to demonstrate how to actually like, uh, gut a rabbit gut. Really? They, yeah. They, they actually did some like instructions, like right in front of us on how to like gut some animals. Wow. Yeah, no, we, we watched uh PowerPoint and uh, they did have a gun and we're showing how to like load it, a shotgun and a rifle and like where to keep your barrel and all that. Mm -hmm. So I, I've always wondered, you know, with how everything is in our world, I wonder if schools still have that and if they still let them bring those or not. But it's just crazy that even, you know, hearing from our parents and when your kids going, well, back in the day, now we're sitting here in our 20s and it wasn't really that far ago. And we're like, yeah, stuff I know. That, the stuff that happened that now would not slide. I know. So, it's kind of crazy. So you said you started hunting this uh, public piece. Was it only uh, archery hunting or? No, um, you can, it's, it's archery hunting, but you could also, uh, if you, if there's gun season, when it comes around, you can go out there and hunt with a gun as well. But, um, that first year I, uh, had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And honestly, I had, I had no idea what I've been doing probably ever since that time until about two years ago. But, and during that season, my first season i didn't know what i was doing i would go out i would um i had a climber tree stand that my uh brother let me borrow and i would just randomly sit in the woods just sit up in a tree and if i saw a deer i would get down from the tree and go to where the deer was at <laughs> I, would, I would just sit there and wait and just I, I just wait for deer i had no idea what i was doing so I'm glad uh, you figured it out. I still don't know what I'm doing. I am the same way. I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. We're all trying to figure it out. <laughs> we're, really. we're all trying to. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us but, have luck and that, that helps out a lot more than skill. <laughs> yeah. But that, that entire year for me hunting 
dude, it was nothing but just downhill because I went out there um, probably like two to three times a week, go out and hunt. And I, I would see deer and they'd probably be about 20, 30, 40 yards away from me at a couple times. And I would, I would miss and dude, my whole setup was completely messed up. I had a bow that wasn't actually to my draw length. The arrows were all messed <laughs> up. It was, it was bad. Cause like yeah. I said, I had, I had no idea what I was doing, but I hunted all that time. And then the very last day of archery season, um, I asked one of my dad's friends, that's a big time hunter. I asked him like, can I please hunt your land just one time? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I just, I walked up to his uh, tree stand that early morning. And uh, I remember it was really cold. It was freezing and the wind was actually pushing towards me. And uh, so I was downwind and I saw this little doe walk out. It was probably about 50 yards away from me. And I, I drew back and I was just like, oh, come on, please give me a good shot. And then it just started walking away. And I'm like, man, are you kidding me? So then I, I put the bow down. And then uh, as time went by, the, the doe did like a little J hook and started heading straight towards me. And so then I drew my bow and the deer just kept getting closer and closer until it was literally underneath me. And I remember just like completely blacking out. And the next thing I know is that the deer was on the ground right in front of me. Wow. So that was my introduction to hunting. What, uh, what was the first, uh, how old or how many years after that did it take for you to get your first buck down? I actually got my first buck this year. Oh, sweet. Yeah. It's not, a, it wasn't a big buck, but this year was right. actually like the, yeah, this year was like the first year that I actually took it serious and started learning how to um, actually read the terrain and understand mm -hmm. how deer move and, you know, use the wind to your advantage. So it took so, me a while. Uh, hey, at least you learned. I mean, that's yeah. part of the experience, you know, yeah. at least you have something to look forward to and keep building on. That's yeah. that's what I love about the game is there's always something you can learn and get better at, so. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of crazy just because like I had it never really occurred to me like as I was growing up hunting, it never really occurred to me to like try to understand, you know, deer movement and how to like utilize uh, a harvest. And I never I never really thought like that for some reason. So I'd always mm -hmm. go out into the woods and kind of just waste time. I was going to say like a lot of people just like to get out there like one of my grandpa's best friends, we've talked about him for, for two Blaine. I don't even know if he takes bullets with him. I think he just kind of goes out there because he likes look, you know, he likes being out there and he yeah. likes to say he's deer hunting. But a lot of, I mean, a lot of people I know just like, you know, they just like being out there with them. I, that's a big part of like, whenever I go out of state and stuff, if I'm seeing deer or if I'm in elk or if I'm in, you know, whatever, I'm having a blast. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm having a blast seeing animals, getting to, go after these different animals that's that's my perspective on the ordeal yeah yeah gunner has that luck luck aspect that uh <laughs> I about. he has it yeah, yeah I, catch, I catch it every now and then but you know every now and then the blind squirrel finds a nut and that's me so, <laughs> you found it in know, colorado huh you found it in colorado it's kind of reading into your uh story on your website and I kind of go through there when people come on it, they have one and read about you. And uh, um, 
go into kind of how you started Bullpath and kind of what made you um, start it. I read it, so I'm kind of looking for, you know, when you got the what made you mad to get you to where you are now. Okay, yeah. Well, um, for the opening season, I know I have my years wrong because everything kind of blends together with uh, – because I have so much so much stuff going on but um i think it was in the year of 2021 i i've always had a just a tree stand i had three climbing sticks and obviously like your your safety line for your safety harness and then i also Mm -hmm. had a a safety line that would go up to the top of the tree so i remember i set that up at uh, the hunting the the public land that i hunt out of and I remember, like I said, it's kind of it's kind of hard to remember the exact like time, but I just remember mm-hmm. going out there, and I was ready to hunt, and I was all excited, and uh, it was opening day, and getting to that tree, realizing that everything was gone, <laughs> and did to this day I'm still pretty upset about that, but uh-huh. some thief took it, and from that moment. I just remember thinking to myself, like, I will never allow this to happen again. And uh, that's kind of what that's kind of what started my journey to find a way to hunt without having to carry all the extra weight and leave something up in a tree. And eventually I stumbled uh, upon saddles. So that's how it happened. It all started with some thief stealing my stuff and uh, me getting pretty mad about it. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, pretty upset too. Yeah. Oh, dude, I was so mad. I was mad. I've had people walk up to my cameras and look at them and touch them, but they've never taken one yet. So yeah. Well, right, the crazy thing deer, was the crazy thing was is that the way how I had it set up is I would set everything up. I'd have the, tr- the three climbing sticks up on the tree, but I would take the bottom two out. So mm-hmm. like you can't, there's no way you can get up and reach to reach the climbing stick. So they had to have had like some extra gear or something to get up, get up in there and they stole everything. And I was, I was heartbroken to be honest. Yeah. That's aggravating, man. I, I, uh, one time I was going hunting with Gunner and uh, the night before I put all my decoys in the back of my truck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it was about two to three in the morning and I went, I couldn't sleep and I was like, I'm gonna go put all, load my truck up. So I'll be ready in the morning. So I run out there, put them up. Um, I know I was in bed about 3.30. And uh, no, I'm at 2.30. Then you get up about 4.30, 5 o'clock. So I got outside, start my truck, and it's a diesel, so I need need to warm up a little bit. And I was like, I swore I loaded my truck last night. And uh, I was like, but half my stuff isn't in here. Mm. They went through and took all my goose decoys, but even touch like my A-frame, my duck decoys. So uh, I don't know what happened there, but yeah, I know the feeling. I mean, I just bought those. They were like, I've had them for like two weeks. I want to say Gunner. I bought like mm-hmm. six or seven dozen goose floaters. And yeah, yeah. So I understand when you walk outside and see that you're just, yeah, you're, you're just ready. So, but uh, no, I get that. So did you, uh, when you started, um, did you like mess with other saddles or, um, or did you like say, okay, I'm going to build my own right away? 
No, I actually, um, it's kind of crazy because I remember right after I had everything stolen, you know how I said I was real mad and I'm going to make sure no one does this again. Mm -hmm. So I started researching and I started going down the rabbit hole of like different hunting styles and I stumbled upon uh, saddle hunting and like the world just opened up and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that this exists. <laughs> and I was, I was super stoked. And I remember going to my local outfitter store to, uh, buy, um, one of my competitor's saddles. And I remember being super excited and I, I purchased it. I brought it home. And I remember as soon as I opened it up, I started looking at it and I'm like, dude, I can do this. I'm like, I could literally build this right here, right now. So that's what happened. I, uh, I saw the saddle and I convinced myself that I could build a saddle and, uh, that's kind of what I did, but it, it took a long time to get to that, to that, you know, the actual, the actual saddle part where you make something, you know, of your liking and it's not a piece of dookie or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, well, so before we get any farther, just go ahead and tell us kind of what bullpath is that way. People, if they haven't caught on to what you do yet, we can kind of get the image yeah. in their head. So bullpath is a, I guess you could say it's a saddle hunting company that manufactures gear, but, um, you know, I don't want to be just limited to saddle, saddle hunting. I also, uh, I'm in the works of producing some gear for that can be useful for like elk hunters or, you know, all sorts of different hunting, but mm -hmm. the main specialty is definitely saddle hunting. And that's where I want to thrive in, but bullpath, uh, it's kind of weird just because, um, it's kind of named after my dad a little bit. My dad, he's a uh, half Mexican and his nickname is Spanish bull just because mm -hmm. he's a big, real stocky guy and he's a prison guard and you don't want to mess with him. And, uh, I've always pictured him as like a bull and I've always kind of had like a thought process of like, I'm on the bull path. Like I'm the bull and you like, I'm, I'm the bull and you better not be on like, you better not be in my way or I'm going to yeah. trample you down. So that's kind of where bullpath was uh, named. That's cool. Yeah. Um, if anyone hasn't looked his logo, it's a, it's a Buffalo, isn't Ooh. it? It's a bison. It's a bison. Yeah. yeah. And it uh, has a flag around the front or third of it. It's super cool. Mm -hmm. so I love your, uh, I love your logo. Every time I look at it, I'm like, man, that's so cool. No so kidding. It sticks out. That's sweet. So, uh, so you got into it. Um, when when did you decide? All right, I can produce these, and people are going to like this. Like when when was that aspect? So it was between um, me me wearing the competitor saddle, me using mm -hmm. it, actually hunting. It actually made me pretty upset that I. Um, it made me really upset that when I, once I started using it, that, uh, there was a couple flaws that upset me. There were certain aspects of the saddle that, uh, didn't feel good. And there was some things that I felt like was missing that could help me, you know, during my hunt. And then I remember purchasing, uh, one of their other products. It was a pouch. And I remember just looking at the pouch and everything because I'm I was obsessed over it. And I remember reading the little the little label that said "Made in China." 
So that really just, that made me really upset. I'm like, man, I thought these guys were building everything here in America and whatnot. So then I'm like, uh, screw it. I'm going to start building this stuff. So that's how, that's how it really, really happened. And just, pure, just anger, to be honest. Yeah. So while we're on the subject, um, you actually, everything that's on your, uh, um, saddle is made in America, isn't it? Or there's, I will, no, not everything. There's one portion of the saddle that is not made in America, but everything else that we offer as in like the bull pack or the sand pouch or the tree tethers and the, the Lyman's rope, it's all made in America. So, yeah. And you told me on the phone, um, if I remember right, the one thing that isn't, it's because there's not someone here or it's that is, really yeah. expensive, right? Yes, that is correct. It's the tubular webbing here. I'll actually grab it real quick. It's this portion of the saddle right here. It's the tubular webbing right here that I cannot find uh, to be made in America for something that I would like to utilize onto the saddle. Right. So that's that's one of the biggest uh, issues that I've been definitely running into is that kind of, that kind of stuff, but everything else is American sourced. And, uh, hold your hands up like that real quick for me. And that's what they're made by everyone. If you didn't know it's him <laughs> and what, like three people. It's just, it's, um, my dad and my, uh, girlfriend. Yeah. And you, so yeah. 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 Okay. So that's another crazy thing that I really respect of you. It's uh, made at your made in your uh, facility, and uh, you know, and as we as he get as time passes, he, he um, you know, from our last conversation on the phone, it's not like you want to get up to a little bit bigger facility, but you never want to leave your roots of you know where it's made and how it's made. So uh, that yeah. is so awesome about you. Um, I was going to ask how many. So any great inventor has to go through models, right? How many models did you go through to get to where you felt, you know what I mean? Like how many times you don't have to go like, Oh, it took 130 or whatever, but like, like how many models did it take you to get to the point where you're like, I'm, you know, I'm proud of this product. I'm going to put it out there. Honestly, it was 15. I can't, I don't remember the number, but it was, I have, I have them stored up in boxes, but it was like 15 to 20 different models that Mm -hmm. uh, varied in, uh, different dimensions. Mm-hmm. So I would have to say f- probably like 30, 30 complete saddles, 30 or okay. so complete saddles of like different dimensions and like different variations of the saddle to where ultimately led to the, the bull threat saddle that we have. That's awesome. Did, uh, on mm-hmm. the first one, did you hand sew it? Yes. No, 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 no. I didn't hand sew it. I sewed it with a uh, very cheap um, sewing machine that I picked up from, I think I bought it offline off of uh, like Office Max or something, something along those lines. How uh, nervous when you got up in the first time trying and got up in the tree where you like, please hold on. <laughs> I know. Honest to God, uh, the first couple saddles that I made, I didn't trust myself. So I didn't, I didn't use that. I didn't use it. So, and they were really ugly and I didn't want to use it at all. So I didn't want to test it. But (laughs) the, the weird thing was, is I didn't know you needed like an industrial sewing machine to actually build, you know, like a saddle or something else, you know, like actually good stuff. Mm -hmm. So what I had to do is I spent $400 for a little sewing machine and it didn't, it didn't work out. Thread kept snap snapping. The, the needles would 
break off into the fabric because the, the fabric's too thick. So then I bought uh, another sewing machine that is like considered, I guess, industrial, you know, that can actually sew through lots of layers of fabrics. And that's when I started testing the saddle up in the tree. So uh, your first test, were you about like two foot off the ground before? Oh, you... yeah. 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 I, there's no way. There was no way I was going up any higher than that. It's funny. Uh, would, would you just get in it? Would you like doing one of those things, a little rocker to make sure it didn't break? Yeah. Well, I did. I did everything that I could to break it and it wouldn't break. So I, I thought I was onto something and uh, just kept going from there and improving the design and improving the thread quality to make sure everything holds together and yeah so uh if someone uh was if someone didn't know you um and came up to you the first time and asked you what is bullpath's message how would you answer that it's uphold principle that's my message just because i stand behind that i don't know if do you guys have any idea what what i mean by uphold principle because i don't feel like a lot of people do no, explain it. Okay, yes. well, uphold principle to me, it it means to uphold and to never deviate from your own value system, morals, ethics, everything along those lines. And I don't to be honest, I don't like people that just go with the flow. I don't I don't like to rock with people that really don't have a backbone or stand for anything. So that's what I mean by when I say uphold principle, just to make mm -hmm. sure that you're a good person, making sure that you're trying to improve yourself day by day, but um, just making sure that you uphold the standard that you set for yourself. Right. But I do want to have a caveat that um, everybody is human. People, there's a lot of people, actually everybody has a bad past. There's skeletons in our closet. So you have to remember that we're not perfect. We're always going to um, not be the best version that we can be day by day. But I feel like uphold principle is a good, um, like a good message just to, you know, possibly motivate somebody to just keep on pushing and keep being a good person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if someone says they haven't had a low in life, I mean, it's coming. I mean, it's, if any, oh. if everyone has had nothing but a high in their life, then yeah they're, they're lying or it, it's it's gonna something's gonna come and i'm sorry to say like that but i thought for a long time as a kid i was like oh this is great and then it didn't get so great for a little bit so yeah yeah so yeah and like i said we all have like you said not me we all have uh skeletons in closet and uh that's one thing while we're on the subject i know it's way off where we're talking about but if you can't if if you're around people that have those in the closet and you can't forgive them for it uh, then there's a problem too because yeah, everyone's exactly. trying to get better. And I have mistakes. I have some big yep. mistakes from my age, but I'm telling you, I'm pushing through. I've been called about every word in the book, but hey, here yep. I am. I've washed my hands clean. I know where my faith is, and I'm living. So, but That's uh, how it should be, man. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, um, what what would you say some of your biggest struggles have been with the company? Well, man, I can, I could say a lot, like almost everything, to be honest, because the, it's kind of hard to put into words how hard it really is to somebody that has never really sewn, or I don't know if you guys have sewn any, uh, have you guys well, sewn? Yeah. 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 But once you start diving into like just so many little 
little things when it comes to like a sewing machine or so many things about um, the different types of uh, materials that you mm -hmm. could possibly be using. It's just, it's so vast and crazy that you, you have to learn, you know, to make sure that everybody's safe that uses your products. And so the learning curve was extremely hard. I'm talking very, very hard because you're not going to get it in one day. It took me months and months and months of trial and error every single day, 10 plus hours a day, can just trying to get something down, you know? So there's that. Also, the vendor thing, um, American vendors, manufacturers, uh, pretty hard to work with. A lot of them, I would say 90% of them uh, require a minimum for any sort of material. So if I wanted to order one inch webbing for my saddles, I have to put in a $10,000 order. Holy so there, cow. yeah. And that's what sucks. So there's that also there's been two companies that I've worked with that didn't do that, but then they went out of business. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting here scrambling to find a replacement for a key component of our saddle. Mm -hmm. So there's that, that, that one has been really challenging for some reason, but I've uh, just recently partnered up with a manufacturer that will be supplying us uh, with stuff that hopefully, you know, keeps us going and not have to worry about that kind of thing again. So there's that. And then I would say on like the internet side, social media content is definitely, oh, yeah. yeah, that's rough. It's one I of the hardest things there is. Absolutely. And people yeah. do not understand that. And I'm like, it's a different animal. It's not just posting a picture. It's posting yeah. the picture, making the caption, using the right things to get someone else's attention. I mean, it's... yes. As soon as you got it, something changes. And you're like, what happened? I literally just got a 200 and something likes or 80,000 views on this video. And now I'm getting five. Like what? Yep. You yep. know, and that's what we struggle with. Some, some of our better videos, in my opinion, do not have near the views as some of the other ones. I'm like, how? I know. But it's know. all, it's the wording, hashtags, keywords. And, uh, you know, for instance, like we have a coyote hunt uh, video out. And I was in a tournament that weekend. So I really wasn't there to video but uh, i tried my hardest and i got most of them on shot might not have been zoomed in but i put on that and then i put kill shots only and uh dude it took off and i'm like well everything's gonna be a kill shot only from here on <laughs> but no we that that's great it's uh it's definitely a different animal that people don't know about yeah do you yeah. run your own social media yep you do yeah yeah I figured he did. I just figured I'd ask. Um, yeah. You, I heard about you from uh, uh, Jesse McDermott, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is the, is uh, He's a pretty good friend of mine, and um, he's all about the, the get after it public land saddle stuff. So um, that's where he heard about you, and then I heard about you through him. So you're growing mm -hmm. somewhere. They, yeah, yeah. That's just cool, man. <laughs> It's just crazy. giving you a positive outlook on your social media there. I appreciate so, uh, it. Yeah. Would one of your, you think uh, another problem you have, is it hard to getting people to trust you versus these other, the other companies? Is that a kind of a struggle you have since you're newer? No, no not really, man. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not overly worried about that just because my, my thought process is uh, the results will show. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm so, I'm so, um, 
I'm just so passionate and the, uh, I don't know, man, I just trust my, I trust the process. I'm not overly mm-hmm. worried about it. I know I'm, you know, I'm still very, very new and fresh. So obviously yeah. people aren't going to be hearing about me or buying my stuff as much as they would with the other people. But once you, once you realize, um, that once I start getting bigger and you show, I'll sh- be showing like how we build the saddles and everything is made here in America. Mm-hmm. I feel like the results w- will show for itself. So I'm not too overly concerned about it. Yeah. That's one thing you can't get worried about that I learned is I don't even look at the views on our stuff yeah. um, anymore. Cause you get down you're like, what? what? You just got to keep trucking and your time will come. And that's me and uh, Hunter's advantage or me and Gunner and Hunter's advantages are super close. And that's what I talk to them all the time. You know, they were like, just keep, keep pounding away, you know, our time will come, our time will come. And that's what, uh, that's I mean. I believe in it. It's going to come eventually. If And uh, worst comes worst, worst comes to worst. We've built this friendship with people that you can't pay money to get that though. So but yeah, yeah. No, keep, keep it up. Um, like I said, I've watched you growing over in the last about year, year and a half through your social media alone. And just watching your videos and, uh, just seeing how you talk. I mean, you're, you're getting way better there too. So I'm not so? saying you're a bad talker, but from your one of your first videos to like the one you put out today, how confident you are behind it. Oh man, you're, you're getting there. Yeah. Or there, opinion, but. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, that's my, that's my biggest thing for, um, I just want, I don't know. I just have such a passion for, um, just making sure that everything is done correctly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, helping fellow Americans, man, because, you know, I have huge dreams and goals for this company. And eventually I I would love to hire a lot of employees to make sure and to provide, you know, a good career for um, like-minded individuals that would love to get, you know, into this kind of space. Right. So that's my mission is to just, have everything uh, streamlined and sourced out of America. And if that isn't possible, I have a couple projects here coming up that I can make it possible. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, once you have the sewing down, there's a lot of things. If you start looking that you could start making too. And mm-hmm. uh, so I feel like that's an awesome concept because I love, I love building stuff myself and I'm uh, not really, I don't have like a sewing machine, but I've done some time with one. And uh, doing several stuff, but I've always loved this. So uh, earlier you brought a saddle out, and uh, I know they might not be completely done because you're down there kind of where you build them. But uh, why don't you bring one out and kind of show us, you know, what your product is. Okay. So here is the the Bull Threat V1 saddle. This is what it looks like. Um, can you guys see that pretty good? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So, um what should I talk about? Like I said, the, everything on here is, uh, American made except for this tubular webbing right here that goes up on the Lyman loops and the accessory loop down here. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I have, uh, for this saddle, you can, it comes with an individual waist belt and you can, it has a slot right here on both ends. So you can, easily adjust the waist belt for your for your fitting um it's 12 inches in width 26 inches or no 
12 inches in height and is 26 inches in width so it can fit you pretty comfortably uh, the only issue is with like a single panel design like this, you can't like perfectly, at least in my opinion, because I've tried a lot, uh, you can't make um, something to where it does the leaning portion perfect and the, the sitting portion perfect. Like this thing is actually pretty good for leaning and it's pretty good for uh, sitting, but it does neither perfect. It, mm -hmm. You know how like the expandable saddles, like the the cruiser or whatever, you know how they they expand out. I those are even know that. Oh yeah, well they, those are actually pretty comfortable, but it's kind of a, in my opinion, it's been a pain to like lean into if you want to do mm -hmm. a little bit of leaning while you're hunting. But yeah, here's my saddle. You got um, suspender holders, so you can add any suspender that you would like. Uh, this is. Two inch Ranger green webbing. I don't want to tell you what kind of webbing it is because it took All me right. a long time to learn about that. <laughs> and okay. And then for the Molly loops, you have eight Molly loops on each side of the saddle. So, like one up here, eight from the middle. So, eight mm -hmm. and then eight. So, you can add uh, whatever accessory you want pretty well. And then here are the leg straps. These are also American made. I don't have the buckles on them, but the buckles that come with these, the coyote brown buckles, those are American made as well. So like I said, everything's American made. Uh, it's hand built actually right here. And uh, there's definitely been um, a couple updates from like the very first one that I released. Mm -hmm. Like uh, the very first bull threat saddle that I, that I did, these, these Molly loops were actually much longer and wider than uh, what these are right now. I just found mm -hmm. that if you have them a little bit shorter, like close to an inch to like an inch and a half, those are about perfect to easily attach whatever gear you want onto your saddle. So that's, that's a little bit about the saddle. I need to get into that game. I have not gotten into the saddle game yet. I think mm -hmm. you convinced me. I've been thinking about it for a while. Okay. So I, I might, I'm probably, I mean, I want to, I was definitely going to try it at some point, but I think I'm going to try it quicker than I thought I was going to try it. So we'll see. What, what, intri what intrigues you? The mobility of it. Intrigues you. Um, uh, yeah. The mobility of the whole thing. I, I just recently went to Kansas and hunted on some walk and stuff. Um, I used a Hawk Helium just a climber like that. And mm -hmm even though it was light enough to where I could carry it around or whatever, I, there's, there's that extra dimension. I, you know, you think in the back of your head, like, you know, I, once I got it up in the tree and everything I did, you know, I, I moved it a couple of times, but it got to a point where it's like, dang, you know, mm -hmm. is there an easier way to do this? And, uh, I've, you know, I've done the whole research thing with the saddle and stuff. And, uh, um, I think I'm going to, I'm definitely going to try it. Um, yeah. So if, especially if I draw Kansas again this year, I'm going there for Turkey hunt and I just found out I drew today. Um, so I'm going to scout out hopefully the region I'm going to hopefully draw this year for mm -hmm. deer. So if I draw, I definitely will be getting a saddle. I think. So. Yeah. I've, I've never I tried do. one either. Oops. Sorry. You go. I was saying I've never tried one either. I just, uh, just seeing the cost on them. I, I've always wanted to find someone that had one and kind of getting one and, uh, um, sit in it for a little bit and just test it out because I mean, there, there's a whole different concept there when it comes to uh, a tree stand or saddle. I, I have some 
very comfortable tree stands, hang on stands I like. And I'm like, you know, and I have two spots I love to go, and that's where my two favorite stands are. I'm like, if I could get just as comfortable and not have to deal with all these tree stands and taking them down every year, putting them up, then you find one, you get up there and it's prime morning and something's squeaking. You're like, what is going on? But I've mm-hmm. thought about it, thought about it, and uh, it's like Gunner said, this kind of year where I, you know, we've talked about too. We, you know, I think it's time that we try it. One of us, anyways, because yeah, then what people say. I mean, I haven't heard anything bad other than from older people, but that's also a lot of older people do not like to change their ways. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I will tell you guys, there is a, it's kind of a big learning curve. Once you, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot you need to learn about like the safety and whatnot going up and down the tree. So you guys got to make sure you guys have enough practicing before you do actually any hunting. But once you get really efficient with it, you can, you can get into some wild, crazy trees without like any safety issues or anything. I've been in mm-hmm. some crazy trees this year and kind of surprised that I was able to fit in some trees and go around all kinds of branches and stuff safely. And that's what, that's why I love saddle hunting so much. It's so versatile and I can quickly get up and down a tree without leaving anything behind and just go crazy with it. Uh Going back on making them, how long does it take you from start to finish? If you were to sit down and do one, do you think it takes you? Six hours. Six from, hours. From complete start to finish for one saddle. Wow. That's honestly yeah. a little quicker than I was expecting you to say. So that's impressive uh, to me, honestly. I will tell you it that really um, when, when I first started out, it took me like a week to build one. Yeah. <laughs> because there's that's really what of, i thought you were gonna say yeah. <laughs> i thought you were gonna say it's, it takes me about a week or a couple days or six yeah. hours i mean it I looks pretty high quality to me mm-hmm. <laughs> i will tell you there is a system that i have you know gotten down to where i can be a lot more efficient than what i used to be especially when i have um my dad or my girlfriend or all all three of us are actually working all together at the same time and we can just yeah we can crank out a saddle in about mm, i would want to say about three to four hours with the three of us but six hours if i was just by myself wow yeah that's a lot i mean i was expecting around that uh but man that's a lot of time yeah it is you get a um do you guys have to stay constantly on the grind to put them out so you don't get behind or? Yep. All the time. Yeah. Yep. And that has definitely been, yeah, another issue where we do get behind. Yeah. Just just because, you know, sometimes it comes in fluctuations. Like sometimes the demand is high for like a week and then for the next couple weeks, it'd be really dead and slow. And that's just the name of the game though. But when it's high and the demand is high, it gets kind of hectic. Do you uh, always keep the saddles in stock online or? Yep. I try. I try. try. Yeah. I didn't didn't know if you made them as they were ordered or how you did that. No, I actually have uh, eight of them right now, right sitting right next to me up on a wall, ready to be shipped whenever somebody orders one. Get online, fill it out. I I already looked. I literally, (laughs) that's what I was doing. I was on my phone. I was. I was literally looking at the different stuff. I've looked at the website before. Um, I was looking at the different stuff, and he's running a sale right now, actually. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, go people. He's running a sale. Yeah, hey. 
<laughs> yeah, I like how you tied that in there. If you're watching, <laughs> will you be? Will this still be on sale by next Wednesday? Yeah. Will... Yeah. Okay. There you well, go. Hey, if you're listening, there you go. Check them out online. Is it bullpath.com? Bullpath. Bullpathgear.com. Yep. Bullpathgear.com. I do want to let you guys know, though, um, I'm not much of a discount, like, sale kind of guy, and I, I don't think I ever will be, like, where I give, um, like, huge, um, what is that, Black Friday sales and stuff. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to do that just because it kind of takes away the uh, – to me, it kind of demoralize. It's demoralizing to realize how much effort you put into something, yeah. and then you give some someone it cheaper and whatnot. So, yeah, I get that. Especially six hours of saddle. I mean, yeah, doesn't, and doesn't that, that, that took a long time to get there too? Yeah, I was about saying that doesn't come with free labor and and uh, free mess ups. Every time you did a mess up trying to learn, I mean, it cost you so. thousands, thousands, and thousands. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh do you have one saddle you make or do you have different models? Um, um, so I have one one saddle right now, but I have worked on different uh designs of different saddles that I want to put out on the market here next year. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do have a couple things. Um, I will be releasing another saddle, not next year, this upcoming year. Um. So, but right now, just one saddle. And then uh, I know you came out with the pouch, and then you also come out with the, uh, um, like the back support, the back strap support. Yep. Um. So, tell someone if they didn't know what the back support was. Tell us what that is. So basically, if you run a single panel design, kind of like the uh, Bull Threat V1, the single panel design, you can easily just hook up uh, the back band around your body and then just hook it to your tree tether to where it supports your back. And then you have the, the saddle that you're hanging in mm -hmm. and it does, it does provide a lot of um, comfort and stability when shooting. And it kind of, it eases a lot of different kind of pains that you might have that you might go through like lower back pain or something along those lines. Yeah. It's kind of for lumbar support, isn't it? Yep. And then uh, the pouch, um, it's for your ropes, isn't it? Yeah, we have yeah, we have two pouches. One's like a lumbar bag that you can put on the back of the saddle, mm -hmm. which I call the bull pack. And uh the other one is called the Sam pouch, stiff and mighty. Yeah. Yeah. That's one yeah. I've seen the videos of you trying to beat up and it just does not give. Yeah, it's a it's an awesome it's an awesome pouch. So the reason why I made that is because one of the pouches that I received, like I said, from the competitor, mm -hmm. every time I would try to put my rope in or out, no, just when I try to put my rope into the bag while I was up in the tree, it always like fold the bag in itself. Yeah. And I would, that was, that would just make me super upset. So I tried and eventually made a, a bag where it doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a bag, uh, my old hunting bag, everywhere where I store my batteries, the same thing. Every time I reach in there, something would be in the way and I couldn't get it. And there's times that I needed that battery right then and there. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, one of my videos, my first archery buck, um, that was happening. My camera died. He was walking in and it took me, I mean, it felt like 10 minutes. But I know it was probably 30 seconds, but my hand, I just, every time I put my hand in the bag, it kept falling in on me. So yeah, yep. I get that feeling. It gets you so mad. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
And it's always at the worst time too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. When when he started talking about that, I just got flashbacks from just about every time I've tried to reach into any bag and it's like concaved on me and I'm sitting there like trying not to get Steve anger on me, you know, just like (laughs) Mm -hmm. about to shoot this doe in front of me because I'm so mad. Like, Mm -hmm. like, like you're going to get taken out. I'm sorry, Bambi. You know, something's <laughs> gonna get shot here because I can't get into my bag. But yeah, I I feel exactly the pain you were speaking. So yeah. But I will let you guys know it does happen occasionally if you go crazy with it. But it's not it. You can easily just pull the lip right back up, and you know it's not gonna move on you. Yeah. But it's definitely a lot better, in my opinion, than. Um, these mesh pouches that a lot of these companies come out with and it just it upsets me so i made that that's where it came from that's awesome to see like you get you you see something you don't like and then you invent you come up with a way to make it better that's cool yeah yep and i do that i try to do that every single day you know and i also um love feedback from anybody so anybody that you know is listening to this podcast and you have like a saddle or any piece of gear from from me just please reach out and tell me like what we can approve on and you know i take feedback really serious because that's that's what's most important to me well not even uh honestly i mean it doesn't even have to be your equipment if you if you guys have something from a different company that you do not like and you wish could be better holler at him i mean yeah. obviously he's done it once he can do it again so yeah but uh yeah definitely holler at him probably through uh instagram or facebook probably is that where you want them yep you can yeah facebook instagram um facebook's bullpath and then instagram is bullpath gear okay yeah and, and then uh, I'm, I'm on my website you can find my email and phone number oh sweet we've heard quite a bit about you and, uh, um, you know, everything you say is great. Um, so what, I guess my last question for you is kind of one of our keynotes that we went on our outline that we kind of skipped is what would your uh, goals be with Bullpath? Um, well, my goals is, um, to be honest, I don't like telling them to anybody, but I'll tell you one is to be, uh, the number one um, hunting manufacturing company in America and have everything just, you know, streamlined through America. And I don't mm-hmm. want any involvement in, in any overseas, no Mexico, none of that. And uh, I want to set the standard for this industry. So that's my goal. Yeah, that's a, that's a big goal. And, and that's what, uh, that's that's some of the companies I like to buy from or, you know, that's kind of their goals right there. And that just means a lot to me. I mean, I don't, I don't hate, I'm not saying I hate on anyone, but I mean, just from being from our home, home country is a rare thing. And I think that's something, if that speaks what that business is about and that's what they do. I mean, that's just showing me that, Hey, this is what our quality stands behind. We stand behind this. Here's our goals. And uh, yeah. that speaks volumes. And when I make decisions. Yeah. So, and yeah, the Go ahead. Uh, to be honest, you know, even if you guys don't choose to support us, support me at Bullpath, you don't buy our gear or whatever, just make sure you support people that have the same values as you and they uphold integrity and everything else. Like I mentioned, just make sure that you you vote with your dollars because that's probably the most important thing in our current economy right now. And uh, 
just make sure that you're supporting people that are doing it right and not utilizing um, slave labor, like I like to say. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. But I'm interested in something uh, here from or hear something from you. Uh, you said you had to learn to hunt and fish and all this by yourself. Kind of what what um, have you used for tools to teach you to get where you are and and uh, to teach you over the aspects of hunting, the behind the scenes, um, stuff like that? All of it is YouTube. That's YouTube? The, that's the one big, yeah, that's the one big uh, source that you can learn almost anything from. And there's a lot of great... Um, you know, there's a lot of great YouTubers out there that provide right. such great information that it's like, I kind of have sat there sometimes and was like, man, I can't believe they're giving this away for free. Yeah. You know? So, well, that was a key point. You're supposed to say, oh, I watch Outdoor Finds all the time. I'm yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys, you guys, you guys put out great content, valuable information. And I would say, um, Funny. The, there's there's a lot of people that put a lot of cool stuff out there to learn from. Oh yeah, I watch I watch uh, pretty much watch YouTube all the time just for. Uh, well, I don't I didn't like the I like that you didn't have to watch commercials, but here recently the ads are unreal. Yeah, yep. and then, but uh, just the raw footage of what people have on there. You know, a lot of times when I'm watching TV, you watch five minutes of the actual hunt and thirty minutes or twenty minutes of them trying to sell something, and I'm like, listen. I can't mm-hmm. afford that. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> yeah. So when you write to people online, you kind of you connect with the people that kind of, you know, are in your range of being able to get stuff done. Because there's like some people like, if you don't have the the best bow, you don't have 4,000 acres, you're going to yeah. have a hard time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. That's, yeah, that I came from humble beginnings where I, my first bow was, I think it was like 400 bucks. and you know, all the things that I've acquired for my hunting gear and whatnot has been through hard work and sacrifice. So it's like, I don't, I don't really, um, I don't stand with the people that kind of, kind of do that kind of stuff, Yeah, you know? Yes. Uh, when I had my first bow, one of my first, my knock point, cause it was my dad's bow it was a bear bow at like a 92, um, Fred bear is when they still call it Fred bear. Yeah. And my knocking point for my vein was on my ear back here that's how far back i was like this there were so many times i would go in with slap marks from the strings on my face catch Mm -hmm. my nose like it was a big learning curve when i started shooting because i'm telling you it was way back here and i was like and then i had an old uh oh uh like a true glow or gold something sight and uh i don't know who my dad took it to to adjust it for him but like all the Allen um, screws on there mm-hmm. were all stripped. So like if you wanted to side it in, it was like you only had one and it could move it the whole thing up and down. You couldn't move. There was one pin. It was the bottom pin that uh, forever. I just, I kind of tried to move it for like 30 yards, but then I was like, well, heck I could take that one out, put it up top. So I, I had like a 20 yard pin and then the one below it was touching it. It's mm-hmm. like you had this little gap to look through because I couldn't adjust yeah, <laughs> and uh, so it went twenty, and then it went to forty. Between there, it was one of these things. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I remember the struggles, man. The, the mm-hmm. amount of deer that you miss. That many times you go home and you're like, I'm selling everything. If it looks like camo, it's getting sold. Mm-hmm. 
Heck, I still miss That's how it is. Talking about. Huh? I said, I still... It's okay. It's Everyone been... Deer, but I'm trying to think. I've had a nice streak tools. here. I've had a nice streak here. I you, I had a really rough go at it after I killed that big deer. Like, yeah, I was missing. Like, I had a rough bow shooting go at it. But I figured it out. I was all right. Yeah. I've had two bows. I had the diamond youth model that I killed one thing with, and it was that turkey that Taylor was, like, calling the messiah over. <laughs> this turkey flew across the creek to come to us i've never seen a turkey do that but it flew across the creek and landed out in front of us no we, kidding yeah we heard when we it. were on, an hour before we were on the other side of the creek and didn't hear a gobble no kidding man no. And we came to the other side because this place is just uh, always had turkeys well normally it'd been on the north side of this creek and we were like okay so we were really hunting that hard and I've seen turkeys on the south side. Used to the south side a ton of turkeys, but that mm. year I hadn't seen a whole lot. So we were like, okay, we're going to walk down this creek on the south side. We hear this turkey go off, and we're like, is he on the other side of the creek where we just were not 30 minutes ago? <laughs> and so I look over there, and I see him walking, you know, to mm -hmm. us. So Taylor, like, belly crawls out there, sticks the decoy in the ground, and we're still kind of calling it this thing. And I, we still kind of see it over there, but we kind of, we kind of, and then we lose it. And we're like, where's he at? And we hear, fuck, 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 fuck. This turkey flew over, did not fly and run. He literally midair through the trees landed. <laughs> oh my God. Decoy. And I've never killed anything with a bow ever. And I'm trying to kill. So this is back when Oklahoma was a two bird state. Mm -hmm. um, well, county state, I say, because like. It was a two. Yeah. I killed one in one county, and I was in a different county, so I'd kill another bird. Mm -hmm. Um, and I shot this bird, and that was the only thing I ever killed with that, with that bow until I got yeah. my other bow, and then, and then I shot my first ever bow buck. Turned out to be I can't ever do better. State than record, that. yeah. First bow kill with his new bow is a freaking state record. Yeah, I know. You know, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy is I saw you on YouTube before I even knew who you guys were. That's what's wild. Yeah, that's what people be like. Oh, we saw you on here. We saw you on this channel. And, I'm, and they're like, we had no idea you had your own channel. And it's crazy to say that because we started the channel before Gunner even shot that deer. Like, um, when did you uh, harvest your first deer? Um, let's go talk about that. When I was 16, that year that I got my uh, my hunter education course or hunter safety course or whatever. So I think tw 20, I want to say 2015, 2016. No, probably 2016. Yeah, I think 2016. So that mm -hmm. was like my first first time I ever killed did a dog. Uh, when you started, did uh you were you able to drive or did you have to have like your excuse me did you have to have your dad drop you off no i was able to drive yep i That's had my own i had my own little pontiac grand prix thing was <laughs> i think it was junky but it got me everywhere where i wanted to go so it's awesome yeah and funny funny enough i actually uh i remember gutting that deer out and uh throwing it in the back of that car and there was blood all over the place in that car and <laughs> yeah I oh, that. that was fun to clean and smelled great mm -hmm. 
That's but yeah, that was my first time harvesting a deer ever. It was crazy. That's what got you addicted. Yeah, it was wild. Cause I never experienced anything like that. It was uh, how were you, how did you guys react your first time? You know, harvesting a deer because mine was just complete blackout, adrenaline, everything. <laughs> my first I one, I freaked back. out and uh, I shot. So I didn't get to hunt uh, by myself until sixth grade. And uh, there was times that like I'd be with my dad and he'd be like, all right, today's your turn to kill a deer. And then tomorrow will be my turn. So we kind of, and I mean, and we were on the same spot. We're not, we, he wasn't taking me one spot and then his day going another one every day on his turn, he was getting the big deer. And I was just like, man. <laughs> and so finally at sixth grade, I was like, dad, come on, just let me hunt by myself. It's a 200 yard walk in. You guys are a half mile away. I can call you. I was like, and I actually didn't have a phone then. I actually, uh, I had a watch and I knew when to get down and go to the gate and I'd sit there. And if I knew they were, you know, sometimes I'd sit there and it'd be like 20, 30 minutes. And I'm like, all right, maybe they shot one, you know, but uh, no. So my first, my first deer, um, late morning, I was supposed to actually crawl down and I had deer in front of me and I was like, oh no, my dad's gonna be mad. He probably needs to get to town. So I had all these, you know, you're just like, oh gosh, I'm gonna make him mad, you know? And, uh, all these different thoughts well there's deer in front of me and then lo and behold boom here comes this giant eight point we've never seen and i was like oh my gosh i gotta shoot him <laughs> so uh, i shot him he ran off mm-hmm. nothing this i mean i could tell he looked hit shot with my 243s about 280 yards and i was like man that's weird so i crawled well and they're talking about the anger deal that gunner saying you know like you shoot you shoot the next thing that comes out in front of you well, he was with the doe she ran Horse shoot around in front of me. So I was like, well, I just missed him. I'm going to shoot this doe. Boom. Mm. He falls over. And I was like, well, you know, well, at least I got one down. Yeah. Well, I got to look for blood. And uh, I'm still mad. Like, I'm like, I missed him. Like, I know I did. And I'm still mad. Well, I look up in the timber and there's just a rack sitting there. And I'm like, oh, there he is. So I pull up and shoot. And I'm telling you, I was young. Like, this was sixth grade many years ago. So mm-hmm. I shoot at that. I, I didn't know if I hit it or not. Well, I remember uh, sitting there and I was mad. Went up to the gate. My dad was pulling in. He's like, well, we heard the whole army shoot over here. What happened? And I was like, well, there's a doe down. And he's like, you shot a doe? It was opening morning, too. I forgot to say that. He said, you shot a doe? And I was like, yeah. And Because uh, we usually didn't shoot, shoot does until special doe season. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, but I missed the big one. And he's like, oh, man. Well, he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I think I did. I said, but I shot at him twice, you know, so I, there might be a chance. And uh, so uh, we went to town. My brother took me back out there. And uh, at that time, me and my brother did not get along. So, like, we were, like, five minutes out there. And he was like, yeah, you suck. He, he didn't hit him. <laughs> so we left the town. So, of course, I'm over there in the passenger seat just like, I hate hunting. Never coming out here again. <laughs> and I, I went back, and, and uh, we owned a restaurant in town. And, he dropped me off there. And I went inside. My dad was cooking. He had to take a, sh- a shift over. And uh, he was like, well, did you find it? And I was like, no. And he goes, well, what happened? I said, well, we pulled out there. And my brother said, I sucked. And we came back. <laughs> and, uh, so we go. And he's like, oh, my gosh. And he's like, give it. A, he's like, it's cold out. Give it a couple hours. And we'll go find your your deer. And and uh, we went out there and just walked the creek line. And where I saw him last, he was like 10 yards right there. And uh, you said, how did I act? I mean, 
I was walking, walking, walking. And then like, it was boom, there he was. And I remember just like stopping and like going, no, mm-hmm. no way. And then it was just like, a, like <laughs> and uh, then he's like, well, did you shoot at one over here? And I was like, and then it Uh-oh. hit me. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, uh, yeah. And he goes, Oh no. But we went over there and looked and looked and never found anything, never found blood. I mean, we looked and looked, so uh, never found that deer. So I don't know mm. what I shot at, but I remember when, when how I acted that first time. I was insane. Now, the first time I shot my archery buck, you'd have thought I shot the biggest thing that I ever walked this earth. And uh, I mean, I freaked out. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I mean, he came from behind me. I knew this deer was out there, but I, didn't, I wasn't going to pass him. But at that time, that was my biggest buck to date. And I pulled back and let it sling. And uh, I, as he ran up the hill, I could see the arrow sticking out both sides of him in blood. And I mean, I was screaming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know Gunner at that point, but if he's hunting, he might recall hearing me scream like a girl because I was I was very excited. So, yeah, no, I I get very emotional, like pumped up, heartbeat. And, uh, of course, phones, and then phones came along and I'm trying to call Gunner, trying to call my girlfriend, trying to call my mom, trying to call my dad. And so, yeah, that's how I react. Yep. Gunner cries. Wait, Gunner. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Gunner just starts bawling. Well, <laughs> which one do you, do you want to hear about? So my first year ever was Adele. That was a weird story. My first book ever was another crate. I don't know if I have a deer hunt that didn't turn out weird. I don't know what I did, except for like lately when I got older. But when I was younger, about every deer I killed, it was unconventional, to say the least. So like, how do you re- how do you react? I wasn't like super pumped. Okay, so let me preface this. I, I'm going to say deer, this real quick. Gunner is one of the most chilled guys there is when it comes to harvesting something. He is the most laid back, chilled. Like, like he'll tell you what happened. He's you can tell he's a little pumped. But like, sometimes I'm just like, like for instance, the time he called me and told me he shot, uh, he told all I could hear was big eight. So I thought he shot his eight point. Mm-hmm. He was just like, hey, I, I, you know, I could tell he's excited. He's like, I shot the big eight, and I was like, sweet, I'll be right over there. And that's when it turned out to be the state record deer, and. uh but when I got there, he was excited. But he's when he calls me, I mean, I'm telling you, it's just like, hey, I just shot one. I'm like, okay, I'm headed over. <laughs> Stone cold well, killer. Well, my dad, growing up, when I was like playing, like even at an early age when I was playing sports, my dad always told me, he's like, act like you've been there before and everyone mm-hmm. will, res- you know, respect you for it. So that's always, I don't know why, that's just always been something I've, you know thought about act like you've been there before mm-hmm. and that's just always been i don't know why that's just you always two polar it. opposites in the group <laughs> <laughs> just act like you've been there before but my first ever deer i ever killed i had shot like the biggest half rack of all time right in the chest and he lived and like an hour later a doe came out and i shot it and i wasn't that excited because i had just shot like a six and a half year old half rack in the chest with a 223 and that was the day my dad decided that he was going to get me a new gun because he was mad so mm-hmm. we were out there at, at rubidoux's place over there by uh like the sooner area whatever um 
and this, I mean, just massive half rack that dad was very, very content with me killing that year. Walks out and he's like, all right, aim for that white right on that neck. Boom. We saw it just go seize part. Poosh. I smoked him. Mm-hmm. And dad's like, he's like, I think he's good. I think he's dead. So we go over there and there's like pieces of like meat all in like where I shot him. Like he's dead. Mm-hmm. And we track him, track him, track him. He's bleeding. And then all of a sudden it just stops. And we're like, what? What? What happened? And we go back and sit down. He's like, okay, if a doe comes out, whatever, we can shoot. And I ended up I ended up killing a doe. And dad's trying to drag him out without me knowing. So he's like trying to walk straight up, you know, because I shot that when it died pretty fast. So I was like, oh, yeah, I killed a doe. I was mad. Cause I just shot that other buck. Well, like two weeks later, that buck, somebody had called dad and it's like, I see that buck gunner shot. He's out there. looks like he's like half alive. Like apparently he was like, barely move. I don't know how he is alive, but my first ever buck, do you want to hear about my first ever buck or the, this, well, the state record buck wasn't, I've told that story a hundred times, but I, I killed him. I called a bunch of people and, it was cool whenever we went out there. And I mean, I like hugged on that deer it, before everybody got there. I was like, thank you, man. Like it was, that was a little bit more emotional. That one was, but mm-hmm. so like my first ever buck I killed was, a, was a, a seven point, a little bitty seven point. Um, my dad was sick. So I went with my grandpa. Um, my dad could not handle it because he thought he just knew I was going to kill a buck that night. So he like, <laughs> He went and sat on the other end of the field. So, like, we, we came in and walked down the tree line and, like, we're across the field. Dad went and set up where we came in at so he could just kind of watch the field in case I killed one. Mm-hmm. And my grandpa's out there, and <laughs> I'd already passed a nice buck. So, Dad didn't know if I was going to be a hunter. He's like, I don't know if this guy's going to want to kick. He's like, how's this guy passing deer? I'd already passed one. To my defense, if I remember right, I couldn't hardly see through the scope very well. So yeah. I was just, I got flustered, I think, is what ended up happening. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this seven point walks out and I'm like, all right, this time, you know, it's time. <laughs> and then G Paul's like, all right, all right, you know, take your time, you know, stay on him. Boom, just sack of potatoes, <laughs> drops him. And my dad comes running around the corner. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like you're here he's like yes yes and i go out there i run out there um and we all run out there and that was one of the, i mean i was i was my first ever buck mm-hmm. i still have his antlers somewhere either here or at my parents house i still have them i, I wrote the date inside we just skull capped him um i just i wrote the date inside there so i remember you know mm-hmm. when i killed him and everything and um yeah that was that was fun, that one. I've had some crazy stories though, but we won't get into yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. I've had some unreal stories. Uh, thank you for coming on tonight, Drew, um, or this evening. By the time people hear, it'll be morning. Um, but thanks for coming on. Um, if there's people listening that kind of want to check you out or buy any of your uh, saddles, where can they go for this? Uh, Instagram, um, Bullpath Gear 
on Instagram and then Facebook Bullpath. You can buy any gear that we sell on those platforms, or you can go to our website at uh, bullpathgear.com. Sweet. So uh, I'll if you're on YouTube, they'll be in the description below. And uh, like I said, Drew, thanks for coming on. It was a pleasure. Um, it's been awesome watching you grow. And uh, definitely Gunner and I are going to try your saddles. Um, we've been talking about it for two or three years, and uh, I think it's time. So, But uh, mm -hmm. thanks for your dedication and um, the quality that you put and the quality and time you put into your product. Mm -hmm. um, there's some some people that don't really care. They're just more about the money. And you, in my eyes, you're not. You're about, I'm going to put a product out there, and it's going to grow. Yeah. And uh, so thank you for that. Thank you for your dedication. And uh, thanks for coming on tonight. It meant a lot. Well, I appreciate it. I, no I, it's an honor. And just that compliment right there is what, you know, keeps me pushing forward. So I greatly appreciate it. Next week will we be episode seven. Um, we'd have no idea who's coming on, but uh, we'll figure that out. But no, um, if you guys haven't, we talked about this two um, episodes ago. Um, My Outdoor TV, if you guys watch that, use promo code Outdoor Defiance and you get a, a free month subscription. And uh, so um, all you got to do is go in there. And uh, like I said, in the promo code, put Outdoor Defiance, uh, all letter or all one letter or all one word. If I can get everything out right. And uh, you'll get the, that subscription for a month. So you guys go do that. Go check out his socials. Go check out our socials. Um, we're about to have a turkey hunt up on YouTube. So until next time, this is Gunner right here. Oh, let me get my finger right. This is Drew. Peace out. <laughs>